Welcome to See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett. And I'm Dr. Brett, and I'm here today with Ashante McPherson, a good friend, a good buddy, but also an interesting guy in a lot of ways. You got a background in private investigation, you're going into real estate. You've done, you know, as an athlete, you've been a basketball player and uh, a fighter of sorts, right? A boxer. Um, tell me a little bit about the boxing background first, and then we'll get into everything else. Um, how has that sort of influenced your life? Oh, I love the boxing. Oh, yeah. I started when I oh, was... Oh, you're a rapper, too. I forgot about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Guy's a rapper. Yeah, man. So, so yeah, I, lo- I love the boxing. I started boxing probably when I was like 13 years old. You know, I was a small kid, and I was, you know, I was the perfect bullying person. So it's like, hey, I'm <laughs> To be bullied. Yeah, the per- perfect person to be, to be bullied. <laughs> you said bully. You're not bullying anybody. You're such a decent guy. So, anyway. So, yeah. Ahead. I had to protect myself. And so it was like, hey, I got to get something down. And, you know, you know, boxing, it taught me how to be very strong mentally. You know, I do have my, you know, my ups and downs. But, you know, for the most part, you know, it kept me there. You know, it's a really mental sport. Um, one thing I always said about boxing is uh, you always have a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Yeah. That's everybody's <laughs> thing. And, and, you know, and that's some real, that's some real, can I curse? Can I curse? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Do whatever. But, that that's yeah. that's real shit. You know, you go into yeah. a ring with somebody and you know they hit you, it's like, oh, that kind of hurt. But wow. it taught me in life to bounce back and to persevere and to do what I need to do to get what I wanted to done. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that definitely played a heavy role with everything. So it made you a lot tougher, right? That ability to take a punch, but also to plan for the future, right? The first time you get knocked down, you realize, okay, I gotta figure this thing out a little bit better next time, right? Definitely. And that sort of influences other aspects of your life, right? You know, how to figure out how to get better at things, right? So you don't get knocked down so much. Exactly. And if I do get knocked down, just always remember to get back up. You know, yeah. I had a big slump when, when COVID happened. I went into a slight, a slight depression. I wasn't yeah. waking up for nothing. I stayed in bed. I was probably taking a shower once every two days. It was horrible. And then, you know, at a certain point, I'm like, Shanti, what are you doing? You know, this yeah. is not you. You're just sitting on your ass right now. You know what to do. And, you know, yeah. I started going back out the house, you know, start enjoying life. And one thing, you know, this whole quarantine thing taught me is how to be happy. Even when you don't have money coming in and, you know, and you can't really go everywhere you want to go. But, you know, just to keep that happiness. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think some people have benefited in some ways from the quarantine. It's made them a little bit richer or deeper inside. It's forced you to go a little more internal like you and other people that aren't sort of wired that way have struggled with it. You know, they felt more isolated and more depressed, but haven't really channeled it into productive ways. Has this helped you as a musician at all, you know, as an artist? Um, just now. So basically, you know, I was going through a slump too. I couldn't write. I was going through the craziest writer block and it's like, hey, I'm not getting anything done. Every time I tried or tried, you know, I couldn't get it done. And so within the past, I think like two weeks ago, I think I gave you a call when this happened. I had a conversation with one of my you know, closest friends. And basically he was like, are you really trying to, you know, do music? And I'm like, yeah, why? He was like, in order for you to do it, you know, you have to work at it every single day. And are you on it? Can you honestly tell yourself that you are actually trying to write music every day? And I thought about it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And, and, you know, ever since that conversation, I make sure even if it's just 15 minutes, 30 minutes to write something. 
Yeah. It doesn't even about to be. It doesn't even have to be a good line or good whatever. You know, just write mm-hmm. something down, and I can work it out later. And I've gotten the most writing done I've been able to get done in a long time, and I'm really appreciative of it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome stuff, Ashante. You know, years ago, someone when I was writing a book, someone gave me this advice: writers write, right? So, you know, composers compose, right? Musicians write. So, in other words, you know, we have to do every day, even like you said. I think that's the success formula right there. Even if it's a little bit, you know, I try to get everybody that I work with to meditate because I think it's so powerful in terms of changing your nervous system and wiring you more for the present moment, a little bit happier and a little more empathic and more understanding and also a little more focused, you know, and this all all happens when we do a little bit each and every day, right? And so as a musician, as an artist, you want to, you know, write your music a little bit every day. You know, it's not that we can't do it every other day, but it's really about doing it well. Really, that's the distinction, right? Yeah. That's when you get good is when you touch it every day. Yes, you got to work out that muscle. What happens when you stop going to the gym and you try to pick up a weight again? Yeah, it hurts. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> not as easy. Not as easy. So what's new in your world? How are you transitioning here, you know, out of COVID, out of that depressive funk? You know, what's the transition like here? Uh, this transition, it, it's good. It, it taught me to do what I always wanted to do. So basically, you spoken to me before COVID. You know, I was at a point to where it's like I'm tired of working these nine to five jobs. It's like no matter how hard I work, I'm in that same spot. When COVID hit and everything got shut down, I didn't have a choice anymore. So it was like, hey, it's like force yourself to get into that hustler mind state. And, you know, I've just been doing what I can, you know, and and it's working out pretty well so far. And hopefully things will get shut down again. I don't know. Yeah, you're you're in the Northeast, so it's a little bit trickier. It feels like the restrictions are coming as winter comes. So it's a little bit scary that way. We just got done earlier. We were talking to someone else about that. Um, and it is a major concern because of the mental and emotional and spiritual health reasons, right? It's just not the restrictions can really affect your mental and emotional well-being. Um, and that's a huge factor here. Um, but it sounds like the consistent action has really made a huge difference. Yeah, it has. It definitely has. Um, quick question for you. <laughs> Please. Yeah. How was your transition? How did mine, you, know, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I was telling somebody else this as well. Um, you know, it's, it, in some ways, it's made my life and business easier because, you know, I've been running on and off remote for a long time. Right. You know, coming back into Connecticut and working with all the people I love and, and seeing my friends and family and clients and so on. But I've been doing a lot of phone sessions on and off for 14 years and fair amount of people feel like they need to see you in person. And it's never really been true. In other words, I've been highly effective on the phone, influencing lives and, and, and helping people out. And so now that excuse of I have to see you somebody in person is gone for the most part. And as a result of that, the one out of three people that couldn't wrap their heads around the phone, right, um, are no longer, you um, really no longer have that excuse. So if anything, it's made my business easier. And I've been hyper-focused, you know, this entire year. And I think, you know, when you're focused, 
Um, that makes a huge difference. And I'm also very flexible and adaptive. You know, I've lived all through the United States. I've lived mm. in China and Thailand. And I've learned by living in other cultures how to be super flexible and adaptive. And so as a result of that, you know, I don't like the, lo the lockdowns in March and April. They hurt. And, you know, I mean, because it's just I'm so social and everything, you know, and I like people. So the one thing where it's probably restricted me the most is, you know, just I just don't network the way I used to. You know, I'm doing mostly Zoom podcasts, not, you know, we do a little bit in person like every two weeks. So we're, you know, like, you know, we're taking a tiny little bit of risk, but not a lot considering that we're screening and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, um, you know, I've had a great year helping a lot of people. But what I've noticed is that people that have like that aren't as flexible or have been vulnerable in some way, you know, they're getting hit really, really hard. And I've been through so much trauma in my lifetime and I've taken so many fastballs to the back of the head that I'm sort of a little more prepared or a lot more prepared than most, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, also during this, you know, transition, I tried to remember what you told me about networking with people and things like that. And, you know, I've been able to keep extending my hand during this whole lockout and meet more and more people. I'll be feeling like I know everybody. You know, <laughs> that's so awesome i can see the smile genuine. in your face <laughs> yeah and it's like it just keep genuine relationships with people because i'm not that guy i don't want to be a shithead i don't want to present myself as a shithead so it's like hey if we're going to connect well you know have a genuine relationship you understand yeah. there's too many people i haven't met and it's not genuine it's like mooch it's like mooch. Yeah. okay what can you do for me totally well you know my thing you know i get probably 10 people a day that reach out to me on LinkedIn trying to sell me something, trying to, they do almost zero, I'm shocked by it. Like they do almost zero interest in other. They're not saying, they don't use my first name. They don't say, hey, Dr. Brett, they say, hey, doctor. And then they, you know, make a request that I invest or I do something for them. They're total strangers. I find it mind boggling, right? Because so much of what, you know, why we wanna like, invest in other people is the relationship, right? Otherwise, what's the point? So yeah, so I think that's super smart, Ashante. It's like really developing relationships, right? In COVID, okay, so maybe you don't do as much coffees, right? You're not doing as much lunches or coffees, but or beers or whatever it is, but you can still pick up the phone and stay connected. You do that with me, right? Absolutely. I talk to you, what, if not once a week, once every other week, we always yeah, talk. Yeah, we, we always talk. And I love that about you. Because, you know, you're one of the few people, believe it or not, you know, I do my end with hundreds or thousands. I just do. But you're actually one of the few people in my life that consistently does his end. And I mm -hmm. really, really appreciate that about you. I bring you up a lot. I say, I got this kid in my life, Ashante, and we've become good friends. You know, I started out really mentoring him and sometimes I still do. But for the most part, it's a give and take back and forth relationship friendship that's absolutely wonderful because he does his end of the equation <laughs> like because it's pretty rare <laughs> you know it's like like unbelievable i had a couple you know it's really interesting because i was a fight out at emory university in atlanta and i had like a medical doctor friend from college reach out to me right and he's in atlanta and he's a really nice guy i haven't talked to him in 32 years he wanted to reconnect he misses our friendship or whatever it is that he misses. We had an amazing hour conversation. He tells me he's going to stay connected. He's gone. He's back. What I call MIA in the jungles of Vietnam, Cambodia, Malaysia, 
wherever he went, he's gone. Like, you know? And so then yesterday, Ashante, another fraternity brother, I haven't talked to you in, again, 32 years, 33 years, whatever it is, reached out to me yesterday and says he wants to reconnect. He heard I was living in Florida. And I'm thinking, I literally sent him back immediately. Sure, you know, I'm around Sunday or, you know, early this week, but I'm thinking there's a really good chance he's going to do the same thing, right? Yeah. Just like wind up in Cambodia somewhere. Like yeah, they you know, just, they disappear. Yeah, that anyway. happens to me a lot too. I'll get hit up from somebody I haven't spoken to in years. Not 32 years, you know, because we're 26. <laughs> but, but, um, How but, old are you but now? Yeah. 27? 26, 26. 26, that's what I thought. Yeah, you know, I you know, we, we talk, we'll have a phone conversation or I'll meet up with them. And then usually after that, that's it. I'll hear from them again. I'll try to hit them up. They won't respond. I get a lot of those. But, you know, I give always give it that chance. Yeah, exactly. Because well, we have a good attitude on our end of the equation. And I'm all connector type, so I like it. But it really, you know, sometimes it gets disappointing, though, right? It's like one of my best friends from college, um, he disappeared, went to, like, I don't know, maybe... Maybe he's in Vietnam. I don't know. But he's disappeared. One of my best friends from grad school disappeared. And we were all such good buddies or whatever. But I think for a lot of people, and we've talked about this before, as people get older, it's very hard for them to manage the pressures of life and their family and the communication piece with other, right? So they're going to do business relationships for money. And then they're going to do their nuclear families and maybe a few friends. And then they're not expanding their world and their network. And I'm teaching you at a 26 years old, a young age, right? Excuse me. How to expand your network and stay in connected with it indefinitely. So you're never calling somebody up out of the blue asking for some kind of favor, right? Which is a, a lot of times when you get that phone call from somebody you haven't heard from in years, they're asking for a favor, right? And you haven't heard from them in forever. And you're just oh, yeah. like, Thanks for watching See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett and stay tuned for part two of this interview. Remember to like, subscribe, and share with a friend.